Hello, and welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. Each episode, we talk about a particular topic in the life of a professor. We are tenure-track faculty members in the sciences, working at a primarily undergraduate university in California. The purpose of our podcast is reflection, so we bring something we think is working and something we're working on to discuss. Welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. I'm Claire. And I'm Ruth. And today we're going to talk about taking it one piece at a time. But before we do that, Claire, how was your week? My week was good. I'm part of this um, team making a workshop about radical grading, which... Ooh. So I'm really excited about this because I feel like my grading system is fine. It involves, you know, writing a bunch of feedback on people's things and handing them back with a grade. Um, but I feel like it could be improved. First of all, I don't like grading. Second of all, I feel like, you know, I don't. some people read the feedback, but I don't think everybody does. Anyway, I feel like it could be improved both on my end and on the student learning end. So anyway, the workshop, we're going to figure out, we're going to hear some speakers with all different kinds of grading systems, and I wanted to put out a call to our listeners. Ooh. If any of you guys have any unusual approaches to grading that you've tried, let us know. And if we get enough responses, maybe we'll do a listener mail episode about cool alternative grading approaches. So That's so cool. That. I didn't know you were going to a workshop because I think you asked me and I was like, I do exactly the same thing that you do. So I think that wouldn't make for a very exciting episode. <laughs> but that would be cool if we get some other. Yeah. Yeah. That would be super interesting. So please do let us know. Yeah. Anything from having students redo exams as groups or like some kind of holistic grading or like, I don't know, these are words that I've heard, contract-based grading, labor-based grading. I have heard of these and I don't know what they mean at all. Yeah. So I'm very so excited to hear more. Okay, wonderful. Contact professorpodcast at gmail.com is the place to let us know. Brilliant. Okay, yes. So what about you, Ruth? How has your week been? So I finally got the COVID. That's what oh my goodness! Yeah, after two, <laughs> two years, I, it finally happened. So um, I just also want to. So I'm a little breathy and weird. So apologies to listeners if I sound creepy with my breathing. But um, yes. So we got COVID. Me and the two girls caught it, and uh, it was quite the quite the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. But also not super terrible, but just mm-hmm. not the best time we've ever had either. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think. I was going to do like a public service announcement, if that's okay. Yeah. um, If anyone is concerned about potentially catching COVID, buying a $20 oximeter thing is the best purchase you can ever make. It's really, really helpful. Because I didn't anticipate having like the burny lung feeling Mm -hmm. is really disconcerting and it can kind of feel like you're about to die. But then the oxygen meter telling you your oxygen is 100% is very reassuring. Ah, So that makes sense. I had a friend who did end up going to hospital because they felt so distressed, but they mm-hmm. were fine. But obviously, when you don't feel well, you don't want to spend hours in the hospital. So right. Right. I would strongly pr- be a proponent of spending that $20 and getting that. But um, That's really good advice. I have not heard that advice. And, uh, yeah, and it seems, it seems like, like a great some, move. Right. And it seems like something that's like expensive, but it's about the same te- like as a thermometer. So highly Perfect. recommend. And it's good to know. Oh, Sorry. Yes, some some exciting things about COVID I didn't know. For all of us, the first symptom was being extremely emotional. And Ah. I think I actually texted you that I thought my youngest had it because she had a complete meltdown 
and I asked her what was wrong and she said the cat had looked at her smugly and so she was devastated and I was like oh okay I think I know what's happening here I think you have COVID so yes, oh man extreme emotions is apparently a thing that Those happens smug cats smug cats <laughs> she does look a bit smug to be fair sometimes so yes um, oh gosh yeah so but then again just to tell people if you're feeling alarmed about COVID I think I was really unlucky in my timing that like boosters were just happening in the States when I left and then they hadn't started here because my age group wasn't they'd only been vaccinated quite recently so I think it was just a bit of bad luck with timing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and still again not super fun but not horrific Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well I'm glad you guys are all on the tail end of it getting better now and I guess I kind of just got my booster in a way Oh, that's true. <laughs> so that's that's something for sure. Oh, gosh. So do you have a quote for us today? I do. And it's actually a quote from my friend, which, um, yes. Mm. So and just for context, I think it's definitely to do with today's episode and taking things one piece at a time and sort of keeping on task with things. And also, I do think from reading that like anxiety is a big part of COVID and I don't know if that's just like having an illness that's part of a global pandemic or actually some mechanism of the illness, Mm -hmm. but also kind of losing two weeks and you're just like, oh my God, and I was sort of freaking out and thinking unhelpful thoughts. And she, my very wise friend Jody, said, I might tell my brain that although it thinks it's being helpful by thinking this thought, it might need to set it aside for now. And that's really helpful to me sometimes. Like, A... I don't generally recognize that I have control of my own thoughts mm-hmm. and then be just like I do this might come as a real shock to you but I'm actually quite a doomsayer and I'm always thinking <laughs> very negative things so um you know sometimes I'm always like oh my god what's, what's gonna be and it's just not helpful it's mm-hmm. not helpful and mm-hmm. it's I think it's a very old technique I developed at some time thinking it was going to help me prepare for things mm-hmm. happening and mm-hmm. it never ever has and it only makes me more stressed. So I like this. I like it too. I like the acknowledgement that your brain is trying to be helpful. Right. But in this case, it's mistaken about what's helpful so we can set aside that thought and uh, just treat it as a non-helpful thing. Let's do something else. That's that's cool. You know, I okay, sorry, this is a side note, but my daughter had this really great book called Hey Warrior, and mm. it's all about your amygdala, which controls, like, can sort of cause anxiety. And it's all about, like, understanding that the amygdala is trying to keep you safe by flipping out all the time, but you can be like, hey, buddy, I got this. We don't need to flip out about this bunny. Everything is okay. And then, <laughs> you know, but I like that bit at the beginning, I think is helpful, like you said. Yeah. Acknowledging yeah. that it's not, like shut up don't be stupid Mm -hmm. yeah thanks Thanks for your help in this case that's not what we need but appreciate it yeah perfect i like that so claire tell me why are we doing this episode today we are doing this episode because it's our 100th episode and we got here one piece at a time i'm surprised that we're already at 100 episodes but that's what happens when you do something every week i guess do you know what's weird it simultaneously feels really really long because it was pre-covid it was pretty good. You know, and then it also feels really, really short. But <laughs> Because also... most of it happened in COVID. <laughs> I know, exactly. And, but it's so weird. Like, if you had said to me, do you want to make 100 episodes of a podcast? I would mm-hmm. have said, no, thanks. Absolutely not. Because <laughs> that would be really scary and overwhelming. 
But it is a real testament to one, you know, one piece at a time. Yes. Yeah, there. I totally agree. We we didn't. It would have been a daunting task to set out to make a hundred episodes, um, but. Yeah, and in fact, our um, Spotify sent us a little thing about data with our podcast, and um, one of the pieces of data was how many hours of content we had released this year, and it was like 20-something, and I was like, what? That many hours of content? That's crazy. That's crazy. But one piece at a time, and you get there. So yes. it's uh, good, inspiring for other things that we might do one piece at a time, I feel like. I almost want to have like construct situations where I don't know something is going to be a big project and then like, mm. do you know what I mean? Trick myself yes. into being like, what? It's two years later and we did a hundred <laughs> episodes. So that's maybe what we need to do for me. But I totally get that. That's kind so, of my working on actually. How yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to trick ourselves. So tell me what's working for you with taking things one yeah. piece at a time. So I was thinking of a couple things. One is that, um, a lot of times I have undergraduate research students and they have weekly times that they work. And so I need to make sure that they have stuff for them to do each week. And that helps ensure that the project is moving forward each week. Um, so as long as I'm intentional about which project they're working on and that it is something I want to move forward every week, just the fact that they're scheduled at very particular hours each week ensures that there's something for them to do that I, you know, and so that makes sure that over the course of the semester, I haven't just dropped that ball. So, um, so yeah, just one week at a time, we can get through a bunch that way. And then I was also just thinking about semesters in general are kind of one piece at a time. I mean, of course, you have to take each piece of the semester one piece at a time, but just doing one semester and then doing another semester. And I was suddenly looking back and I was like, wow, I've taught this class six times now. That's wow. kind of a lot of experience with this class. That's cool. And it never just, it didn't just happen. It happened one semester and then the next semester. And then suddenly we were at six semesters. So, um, so anyway, that's kind Can of Can I cool. ask you a question about what you mm -hmm. said about the undergrads? So do you like decide here is my goal for the semester and now I'm going to break it into little chunks of however many weeks or does it just kind of organically like we'll revisit it next week and then here's the next assignment and do you do you know what I mean yeah yeah um I don't know if this is the right thing to do but what I do is I put each undergrad on a particular project and then uh they just move forward through the course of the semester at however fast they can given the amount of time they're spending on it, you know? And so um, maybe I have some idea of it would be cool if we could get to this point by the end of the semester, but it does depend on how fast things go. So I'm more thinking of it as like, well, the next step is this, so I need to make sure they have the next step materials or concepts or whatever it is they need to do the next step available to them before they get to the next step. And then we'll see how long the next step takes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it's really illustrative, is that how you say that word, of, you know, what you can get done if you set out to do. And like for me, I think the biggest, okay, I'm going to talk about this in working on, mm -hmm. but like the biggest stopping point I have is like, I don't have a big plan, so then I may as well mm -hmm. never start instead of, oh, I see. well, you have to have something each week and then it will build into something. Mm -hmm. Just, you mm -hmm. know, yes. So that's actually That's really interesting because simultaneously a big plan can be daunting to have a big plan mm -hmm. but at the same time I see what you mean that if you don't have a big plan you're like well what are we even doing so maybe like a direction yes you, instead I, of, I, yeah, I mean you no, can I, yeah mm 
Mm-hmm. Well, like, okay, get back to our illustration of a thing we did that was a big project. Uh-huh. But, like, we did have a direction. It wasn't we like... We did have a direction. You know, but we, were we weren't also like, we're going to do this for 100 episodes. Yeah. By the way, this mm-hmm. isn't our last episode. I keep making it sound like I'm like, and then... <laughs> there will be 101 people. next yes. week and onward from <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Okay, so what's working for you? So for me, I feel like I've used this phrase before and I want to make sure I'm using it right. Do you know what, like horses have to have those things on when they're in cities? The blinders. The blinders, yes. And so that really helps me. I think like my biggest problem with my anxiety would be, and it was like this in undergrad, like I would be studying chapter nine. I'd be like, what about chapter 10? I haven't even started chapter oh, 10. Yeah. Oh my God, chapter 10. And so <laughs> trying to like just keep my head down and focus on the very next step instead okay. of all mm-hmm. the way down the road because that mm-hmm. gives me hysteria. So I think the thing I'm thinking of in terms of a really big project and breaking it into pieces was moving country because that was really yeah. overwhelming and a lot of moving parts. And so have I ever told you about the most famous Irishman? Well, he's not the most famous Irishman, but he's the most <laughs> special tell. Irishman to me. Is someone called Tom Crean and he's like a really famous polar explorer mm. and... He was kind of low pro at the time, but um, he was part of Shackleton's mission. If anybody ever wants to have a side conversation with me about Shackleton, I would love to. It's one of my favorite (laughs) things to talk about. But um, I went to see a production years ago where he, it was someone telling the story of all of these things from his point of view. And he was talking about one time where he had to walk for 12 hours in the snow. Mm. And he just kind of put his head down and counted one, two, three, four in Irish over and over again. Over and over. And for some reason, this has just stuck in my head of like him just saying, hey, do three carrots, like over and over and over again, this kind of mantra. But just that idea of keeping your head down. And like, if you start thinking about the fact that you're walking for 12 hours in the snow, you're absolutely going to lose your mind. But if you just mm-hmm. keep counting to four and kind of keep... Like, it, I almost think of it as like a tiny spotlight just focusing on the next step mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of all the way down the road. And so that, I have not had a, too much success with it, but I did with this last project because it was like, today I'm sorting my shoes and that is what I'm doing and that's what's happening instead of... We're not worrying oh God, about coats, yes, we're only worrying about shoes. Exactly, <laughs> trying to just keep keep that. And so I kind of want to carry that stuff into mm-hmm. work stuff. That's cool. If you know what I mean, that kind of. Mm-hmm. Did anything I said there make sense? I feel like that it made was perfect what, sense. I'm like Tom Crean and then horses and then like <laughs> shoes. And so it's, oh, it's all over the place. You know, it's making me think of, I feel like a lot of things are like a spectrum or like a pendulum or something. Like depending on where you are is what direction you should go, uh, if this makes sense. Ooh, like, okay. So I think... It's not always a good idea to just look a spotlight right in front of Very, you because yes. you need to have some idea of where you're going. So, so this this uh, this explorer who had to walk for twelve hours knew where he was going. Right. You knew you were moving to Ireland. All of these things. We knew we were doing an episode a week, but then you focus on the episode a week. Um, you don't focus on forever. Yes. But on the other hand, if you were so like if you're so maybe your tendency is to look too far into the future and. It becomes one big task, but if someone else's tendency might be to just focus on the task at hand, maybe someone else needs to remember to turn the spotlight up periodically and see where you're going. That's a really so excellent point. it's kind of like a, a balance. Like, where are you going? Okay, now what's the step? Now let me focus on the step. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yes, I love that. So, I don't know. It's interesting. It, it seems like so many things are like that, where, like, something 
like you might need to turn one direction and someone else might need to turn another direction and you end up at the same spot, you know? Well, and it's so funny with like, I feel like I'm noticing a lot in the world now people prescribing generalities for too many things. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's, I really like that you're illustrating this point because I think it's part of a larger thing where people are like, I found this one solution that is the only way that people can do this thing. And I, like you said, we all have our own thing and mine is like being like hysterical way down the path instead of Mm -hmm. so that's my sort of challenge and then yeah like you said other people yeah you can't just be reacting to the next step Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah so it's like one piece at a time with a goal in mind which is maybe implied but um should be stated as well (laughs) absolutely yes definitely so i'm kind of walking in circles in the snow so yes exactly yeah so, so I feel like this whole thing we're talking about is kind of what I'm working on, which is, um, well, I'm thinking about research papers, which is a fairly large task that I have trouble doing one piece at a time. And I'm wondering yes. whether I should put in some other strategies to do them one piece at a time. Should I have, like, we've talked about this before. It hasn't worked out yet. I'm not sure if it's because I haven't tried it properly or if I need to try it a different way. But should I just have a scheduled recurring time? for working on research papers, or like what I'm doing right now is I'm taking the sabbatical next year where I'm going to have dedicated chunks of big amounts of time to work on them. Um, so that seems like that will be effective. Um, but I don't know, it seems like a lot to just wait till sabbaticals <laughs> to submit all my papers. So I'm wondering um, how can I apply one piece at a time to a thing that... Um, I don't know, it's less episodic, you know? Like, episodes a week seems like a very obvious thing. We're working on this episode, then we're working on this episode, and, you know, maybe we're, like, doing edits on one episode and planning the next episode, but it's just um, a repeating cycle. Whereas with a paper, you have to think about, well, first, what is the story we're going to tell, and how am I going to make the figures, and how am I going to structure, and it's just, like, kind of less obvious to me how you do that one piece at a time. You know? Okay. Here's my, so it feels like this is really related to what's working for you because you're just like, well, these students have to work for three hours a week, so I have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's that aspect that does sound mm-hmm. really appealing that like you're going to set aside the time mm-hmm. to work on the paper. I think the biggest thing I would think is like those chunks don't have to be linear, right? That's like, true. You don't have to go through this certain set like working on the paper could be looking up the submission guidelines Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. or like Mm -hmm. making the figures or I mean Mm -hmm. I'm saying all this and like literally writing a paper is actually the last thing I ever want to do ever (laughs) in a million years so I'm like just do do this do that but whatever (laughs) like if it is what you want to do like does it have to be prescriptive that okay well I have to write the next sentence now or could it be yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think you're right. I think you're right. Just going to references or... And I think we've talked about this before, too, and I, I still think this is true. Again, the fact that it hasn't worked for me yet, I don't think necessarily means this isn't a good idea. It's just that I haven't really given it a full, bluey shot. And I think the fact is, like, the undergraduates coming in once a week, they're coming in, and they're going to expect to have something to do, and I want to give them something to do, and I'm committed to giving them something to do. I'm less committed to maintaining this three hours a week to work on this paper, but maybe that's the problem. The actual problem is that I'm not committed to the three hours a week to working on the paper. Why, so it, why it's either it's like committed? a decision. 
Well, because something else comes up like, oh my goodness, I got to be prepared for lab tomorrow, so I need to get these chemicals, and that's more important, and I don't want to stay late. I don't know. So that's, I, I guess, the question is, am I committed or am I not committed? I need to decide and then be intentional and stick with it, you know? Maybe I'm not. Maybe it's not the thing to do with these three hours a week, and that's fine. But I need to decide, you know? I don't know. Side question. Do you think there's a point in your career where you just know how you write papers? Because I, I guess I've not had enough papers that I have any feeling for how I write papers. It was just always mm-hmm. someone else wanted me to do it. It was a deadline. It was really stressful and awful. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, have, I don't have any sense of, like... I know what you mean. Like, you know, this is how I write my novels. I like sit in this one cafe at this window. Like, I don't have that. But, okay, here's what I'm wondering. Is there a thing where you just like can have these things where you show up and have prescribed time, mm-hmm. but you recognize that by the end of the semester, that's completely pointless and leave yourself alone for the last few weeks of the semester or decide I'm only going to do this for the first eight weeks of the semester and see if it's effective. Right, or just like, yeah, once I'm in a certain waiting depth of the semester, everything is too stressful and chaotic. Mm-hmm. And so okay, I see what you're saying. I'll let myself off the hook. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or I don't know. Yeah, well, I like, I, I maybe I would kind of see it as like a, a trial period. Like, is this yes. effective? If, if it is, then maybe it becomes a higher priority. And, you know, it could still be booted off if some emergency came up. But the question is... How important is this? And so I'd be testing it and seeing if it is effective. So I don't know. That's that's a that's a good idea. Do you so do you have like currently certain projects that are at a point where you should could be writing them up? Is that Yes, exactly. Okay. But I do have my sabbatical plan to do a bunch of that. But yeah, and, but and, and that, as to your question just practical. Do you know what I mean? Because is there okay, again, this is just a bigger writing papers question, but mm-hmm. is there like a submersion? That needs to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like it does seem like you need some kind, of, and so that's why, like, it seems to me like I would need the repeating chunks of time to be relatively close together, so that I haven't totally forgotten what I'm working on. You know, it, needs, it should be the background thing that I'm working on. I think, but I also think you're talking about how do you go about writing a paper. I think I've really struggled with papers in the past where I don't know what the story is, yes. but I feel like I need to publish this data, and so I need to find a story, and that's. That's a struggle. But if it's a, if I know what the story is, I think it comes together much easier. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that the direction I've taken my research now is a little bit more, I'm trying to address this particular hypothesis. And so hopefully the data that we have will either support it or not support it. And then that's the story, you know, yeah. as opposed to being a little more open-ended. So I'm hoping, and I, the, I mean, I feel right now more excited about that type of work because it's a little bit more here's the story so I feel a little bit more you know I don't know I feel like I could do it in pieces and get it done because I have a better idea of where I'm going I guess here's what I'm wondering right you know when you prescribe things for yourself like does there have to be an acknowledgement okay so I'm a bit all over the sorry can you tell my COVID brain is still doing this (laughs) I guess okay one thing that I'm thinking is you're really good at writing grants like you're really Uh good at writing grants and it feels like a grant is very similar to a paper. It you is. Know what I mean, and so what kind of lessons can come from that that you could carry over? And then the other thing is, do we just have to acknowledge with these things that there is like creative work, which is really hard to prescribe and schedule? It is. And then there's the other work that maybe is a little easier to schedule. So like, could you, if you didn't want to wait, just wait until the sabbatical could you mm-hmm. have the time periods be 
I will do practical tasks to do with this paper, such mm-hmm. as gather my references, open that document, mm-hmm. like put the sections in, make the figures, like whatever things you can do to set yourself up for success in the sabbatical mm-hmm. rather than sort yeah. of creative magic on command. I love that. I love that. I, I, I really like that you're um, noticing that there are different parts to the paper and some of them are creative and some of them are things that you could just say, in this hour I'm going to make this figure, you know? Um, that's really cool. I think that's a really good point. And so maybe the, like the creative ones, I would think, would be more likely to succeed if I had a big chunk of time, which could just be I set aside four hours on Friday afternoon. Maybe that would be enough to make some progress with that. But um, certainly I could schedule in the more, uh, I don't know, D-D-D-D-D, just put the things in a row kind of tasks. That's a good idea. Yeah. And I totally am planning on getting a head start on papers next semester to cruise nicely into the sabbatical of paper writing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyway, lots of thoughts. But what are you working on with one piece at a time? Jeez, well, I'm having, like, paper anxiety because I also have paper. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. To no, no, it's, it's, topic. no, it's, like, totally, and I'm like, Claire, just do this. And then I'm like, oh, my paper, no. And I've actually already submitted it and gotten feedback that was, like, really helpful, constructive feedback. And I still mm-hmm. can't bring myself to do it. So, anyway. Oh, I totally know. It's that's fine. the thing. You'll, so the thing you'll do it. Yeah hopefully but the thing I'm working on is getting started and this is always I like really like being in the planning stage of things Mm. and I just like like okay so I don't know if this is actually a physics chemistry thing but every time I've worked in a research group where there's a chemist they're just so like okay and um, let's let's go and I'm like oh hang on let's spend another few weeks talking about how we (laughs) might start this and like I don't know okay that just might be me and these people I don't know but like it does feel like I just get trapped in the, you in know, the planning. yeah, and I get like, you know, that phrase like the perfect be the enemy of the good. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to make a perfect plan. And then and like I did the same thing with every every semester when I teach and I'm like, oh, I'm going to like maybe I'll map it all out. Maybe this will be the year I'll have everything. And then it always ends up. Like, you, like the semester happens one piece at a time and one lecture at a time. And mm-hmm. I don't have some great master rubric for like the lecture you know what I mean like it all Mm -hmm. just happens and it always works out that way but I just get so stuck in the idea that this time like it might be perfect if I can just hit on the right thing interesting instead of just getting on with it and you just press record record your lectures and then slowly (laughs) but surely like I kind of had a bit of a moment at the end of the first semester where we taught fully online Uh uh-huh I think I ended up with 60 something lectures and I was like what? How on earth, you know, did that happen? Yeah. But of course, it just happened one piece at a time. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was in some ways COVID, like that period was good for me because I it was so time poor. I just had to like steal moments and just record a lecture you and get on to, with it. And, you had to hit record because you only right, had however much time. Yeah, totally. And like now I'm preparing for something next semester and I kind of gotten paralyzed in the oh my God, but I, like, I need to like map it all out. And like, it's just, I don't know why this is like my groove that I get stuck in. Well, this feels to me like another example of this pendulum thing that I was trying to describe earlier of like, planning is good. 
you yes. wanting to come up with a great plan and like really figure out what you're going to do before you start is great. I feel like I'm on the other side of the spectrum where I just want to start. I'm like, okay, I'm already writing this thing. Like I've already hit record, even though I don't know what I'm going to say. I want to get going. Yeah. And I feel like we probably should meet somewhere in the middle where we do plan, but then we actually start going. Um, so I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't want to throw out, like, your planning is excellent. And so definitely hold on to that. I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe you need some trick or some ritual for, like, okay, we're going to start, and it's okay that it's not going to be perfect. We're just going to start trying yeah. it. We need some moment of switching. Um, but I definitely wouldn't get down on yourself about all the planning because it sounds super awesome. And, like, I really loved, like, just to take the class analogy you were talking about, like, one time recently you were talking about printing out all your quizzes before the semester started for the whole semester. And that just sounds really relaxing to just have them all ready to go, pre-planned, super smooth. So, um, so that seems good. So I don't know. There's, there's plenty of positives with the planning that I can see because I'm not totally. doing the planning. Um, so I don't know how this helps with the get going, but I, I, I love the planning side that you've got solid. Well, I think, and sometimes it helps to just remember that, like, like often though you can't make necessarily the perfect plan until you kind of get started. Do you yes. know what I mean? And the plan will have to be revised. It totally, and I think, you know, you know, like I always talk about that fantasy of like laying down the law, like I'm snake or something, <laughs> and having this perfect semester where everyone like obeys my authority and sees whatever, like. I, I always get caught up in kind of fantasies like that where mm -hmm. things are just always going to come up and go wrong and there's going to be people who are annoyed and like, you know. Yeah. And I think that is something that I like about when I say getting older, I kind of mean in our jobs, you know, like just that experience of like, it's you're never going to say the magic sentence that means everyone's suddenly on board. Right. Or the right. opposite, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think I just need to let go of the fantasy a bit. Just... I think I think you're right. Let go of the possibility of having the perfect semester, the perfect yes. plan, and okay. be excited that you have a pretty good one and you're going to start. Yeah, and a bit out. of faith in our own experiential knowledge mm -hmm. that, like, mm -hmm. we do figure it out as we go along. Right. That's a great point. You know, you figured it out every single time. So right. you will figure it out this time, so it's okay that you don't have the perfect plan. I mean, it's kind of um, how semesters keep piling up. Like, I was kind of stressing out about grading this last semester and Ralph was like have you finished it every other semester and I, I was know. like yes okay I guess I probably <laughs> well, will finish I know, it Ralph, this but that's not the point. this year might be the one year <laughs> this year might be the year that I don't finish it yeah, yeah. exactly so you, the fact that you have had it work out every single semester um well, I think I also don't have a very realistic idea of who I am. Do you know what I mean? Where I'm like, oh, crazy Ruth. She's just going to go stumbling in. And it's like, no, no I started to reckon. I'm like, my anxiety is in some ways a superpower because I would never in a million years go into something unprepared. Do you know what I mean? And So you can be so, confident that's not going to mm -hmm. happen. Yeah. You know what reminds me? <laughs> Before my first semester of teaching, I was really nervous. I hadn't made my syllabus yet. It was like a few oh. days out. I was like, I don't even know how to make a syllabus. I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't made my syllabus yet. And I was telling my friend Blaze, who's been a co-host on this show. And he said, well, you know, you're going to have it by Monday at nine. 
so don't stress about it. And I was like, what? That's crazy. But it's true. You are going to have it done. So the question is just, how do you want to? Do you want to do more planning or do you want to start right now or what do you want to do? But it will be done, you know? Yes. I think... Well, I think, too, I'm extrapolating a little bit from right now because this is a weird time and I am doing something for the first time. But, yeah, sometimes I just need to remember all the times when I did just start Mm -hmm. and it felt better. Yeah. Because we were reminiscing about the time when we thought COVID was going to be like three weeks or whatever Mm -hmm. back in the day. But we were like, I was like, I have two days and I have to get all these lectures done. And I just did them. Mm -hmm. And they were fine. Like, they weren't the best recorded lectures in the universe, but they also weren't. You know, they did the job. They were fine. They were effective. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so just need to get on with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point that you just mentioned that the anxiety about not having started goes down as soon as you start. So maybe that can be an incentive for, you know, switching. You're not saying you're never going to come back to the planning stage, but you're just saying, okay, I'm going to start the actual creation stage. And who knows, maybe we'll end up with another miraculous... 100 episode project that we didn't right. even know we were going to do well, we did. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. one piece at a time yes one piece at a time that's how we're rolling thanks Claire thank you Ruth thanks so much for joining us on the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire we're delighted to have you as a listener and we would love to hear from you and if you want to email us our address is contactprofessorpodcast at gmail.com We'd love to hear any of your suggestions for future shows or professor quotes that you might want to share with us, or even just things that have come up for you when you were listening to previous episodes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would love if you would spread the word. So the best way to spread word is by telling people you know, if you think they should listen to it, or you can leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.